welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast, where we bring you guests to be active participants in your daughter's lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. Thank you so much for being back again this week. As I say every week, it is my pleasure being able to talk to you and be able to be on this journey with you every week because it's so important. It's so important for us to be able to not only be able to share our stories together and share some of the journeys that each of us have, but it's important to learn from others because too often we we sit back and we try to go alone and we don't have to. It is so important for us to talk to other men, to listen to the stories of other men that are going through this fatherhood journey, because by listening to their stories, you're able to get a better sense of your own story and things that you can do to be the best dad that you can be. So every week, as you know, I bring you guests. I bring you different dads, different people that are helping dads to do different things, different dads that are fathering in different ways, because there's no one right way to father. So it's important for us to be able to sit down, learn. And this week, we got another great guest with us. Aaron Seaton is with us. And Aaron's a father of two. And we're going to be talking about his own journey of being a dad to two daughters. But also, we're going to talk about some of the things that you and I can do to be able to be intentional about the work that we're doing to focus on our fitness, focus on our nutrition, focus on things that are going to help us to be able to be in the lives of our own kids for many years to come. Aaron, thanks so much for being here today. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Christopher. I appreciate it. It is my pleasure having you here today. I'm really excited to be able to talk with you. And I guess first and foremost, one of the things that I love to do is turn the clock back in time. And I'd love to go back to that first moment, that first moment when you found out that you were going to be a dad to a daughter. What was going through your head? I think it resonates for most men who find out that they're going to be a father, who find out they're going to have this massive level of responsibility, you know, that's really predicated on another human being. And I think for me personally, a lot of the thoughts that were going through my head were probably a lot of the same ones that go through a lot of men's head, which is, can I and will I be able to rise to the occasion? Of course, in the moment, you're so enthralled with the fact that you have this living, breathing human, this little bitty person in front of you that you're full of joy, hope, inspiration, you know, anticipation of what's to come into the future. But you also start to have this seed of doubt that creeps up and say, can I rise to the equation? And I think, you know, more often than not, it's completely normal. That's that's what makes you human, right? Like I think as, as men, we, we carry and we shoulder a lot of these, you know, these fears, some of these doubts, these apprehensions. But I think that's actually what also catapults you and puts you in a position of success to be able to not only provide, but abundantly provide and be that powerful role model. So those are just some of the few of the emotions that were going through my head when I first knew I was going to be a father for the first now, time. Now, I know that your daughters have been in your lives for a few years now. And as you think back to those first moments, as you moved into the life of raising your daughters, I know that sometimes dads tell me that they're definitely are times where they feel like they're freaked out, that there's some fear that goes through their head as it comes to raising daughters. And 
I guess for you, what's been your biggest fear in raising your daughters? My biggest fear in raising my daughters, again, I think would resonate with a, with anyone listening to this, which is a large part of it is, you know, there, there's a quote that says like, when you, when you teach your son, you teach your son's son. And I think that same rule applies specifically for when you're raising daughters as well, right? Like when you raise your daughters, you're raising your daughter's daughters. And so I think far too often, like children will very seldom listen to what we do, but they're, they're always watching how we act, how we behave. And so I think the biggest fear for me was making sure that I was able to put forth an example, which was one that they can not only emulate, but seek when they're looking for external role models and external people to model their behavior on, making sure that the root of their idea of a good role model and a good person started with me. And so the fear I always had was making sure that any negative thing, that any characteristics that I knew that wouldn't actually encourage the behavior I wanted my daughters to take, I was able to eliminate. And just by sheer value of doing that, I was able to elevate and upgrade my level of self-standards, which I think put me in a better position to be more aware and then, of course, transfer that. I appreciate you sharing that. And, and I definitely hear what you're saying in providing that vision, providing that that ability for our daughters to learn from us in many different ways. And and I think I've had to do that myself in my own journey as a father. For you, as your daughters have been getting older, older, I know that there are moments, there's memories, there's things that you share. And I know you have, they have two daughters right now. And whenever you have more than one child, you have to be able to carve out those special moments and you have to be able to develop that relationship individually with each child, what are you doing or what have you done to be able to develop that relationship individually to make those bonds stronger with each of your daughters? For me, and as a father of multiple children, I have, like, like you mentioned, I have two daughters here. And I think for anyone that has more than one child, you always struggle with knowing, well, how much time in the busyness, right? Like we're all busy. Like there's no busier time than there is in the 21st century. But like, I think that it's always interesting on how do you balance that dynamic of making sure that everyone can get a full piece of you without feeling as if that you are not sliding them and, and, and they feel complete because you're giving them the most. And I think for me, one of the best ways I've been able to do that is make sure that as my girls continue to get older, they start to develop common interests. Some are similar, some are distinctly different. And so I think being able to share in their distinct differences in their hobbies and their things that really are attractive to them is key because they're not always going to like similar things, right? They're not always going to enjoy one might like swings, the other one might like running. And so being able to be present for both activities, but knowing that we can both do them together, I think it's key. And I think far too often, you know, for me, I try to make sure that with regards to whatever activity I'm indulging in, whether it's for my eldest daughter or my youngest daughter, I'm present because I think having that presence there far exceeds time. And what I mean by that is, you know, I can spend 60 minutes doing one activity with my daughter, but not be as present as I want to be. So, however, if I'm present during that 60 minutes, it's going to take on a different level of meaning for her. It can 
resonate with her for the entirety of her life. Like my father used to play full out with me. And so knowing that regardless of whatever activity I'm doing, I'm just being fully present, I'm being fully aware, and I'm making sure that it's something that's going to last a lifetime for them. And let's just face it, I'm not perfect, no one is, but I do my best to kind of work on these these time management tables, especially with two kids. And if you have three or four, I think the dynamic stays the same. Just making sure presence is the key word in your vocabulary on how you balance your time. So let's talk about balance because I know that for every dad, there is always that push and pull, that yin and yang of how do you find that balance in being able to have that space to be the professional dad or the individual that is connected to their significant other or you know whatever roles they play within their own sphere of influence but then they also are a father so talk to me about how you balance work and raising your daughters i think specifically for men that it becomes harder and harder to try and find that balance right balance for yourself balance for your family balance for others and i think the first thing that as men that we need to know is that you're not alone. I think we, we have this kind of internal dialogue that happens within us that we feel like we're the only one carrying this weight and we and we struggle with balance and, and giving everybody all of us. And so I think the, the reality is, is that if you are a father, and this is something that I had to understand, if you are a father and you're the pillar of your family, you're the foundation, you know, maybe your sole focus is putting food on the table, you know, a roof over their head, clothes on their back. And, you know, that's your sheer responsibility. You can almost feel like every single time that you do that, you're holding the short end of the stick. And I think for me personally, how I was able to find balance was it's, it's kind of very similar to how I operate my personal physical fitness. I have non-negotiables in my life that I know that I can't pour from an empty cup, right? Like that's the truth. You've heard that. Like you can't give that which you don't have. And so I know for me, I can't give to my family if I don't have a little bit of time for myself. And so how I'm able to find balance and then turn that into energy is taking a little bit of self-directed selfishness, 20 minutes a day to focus on myself so that I can be more for everyone else. Because if I don't have the energy to play with my daughters, it's a direct reflection of how I'm taking care of myself. If I don't have the ability to communicate with my wife, it's a direct reflection of how I'm actually taking care of myself. And so how I find balance is having non-negotiables to make sure that I'm working on things, whether that's self-reflection, whether that's daily meditation, whether that's just talking good about myself, using empowering words. I feel like all these small building blocks ultimately have a ripple effect to how we show up in our family dynamics and how we balance it as a father. Because I think far too often we kind of focus on putting our our wealth before our health, before anyone else. And what ends up happening is, is that you end up losing control. And when you lose control, it's a slippery slope. So having some non-negotiables set up in your life that allow you to maintain balance, I think is so fundamentally important to staying on track and really staying in charge. It's so important. And I think that when you talk about those non-negotiables and you talk about having those things set for yourself, I think that a lot of the things that you're talking about really go down to the fact that you also are able to model for your own daughters what you're doing 
and how they can potentially incorporate similar things within their own lives as, as they get older. So even if you're not specifically spelling out to your daughters, this is what I'm doing and this is why I'm doing it, which at some point it would be good to have those conversations. Your daughters are still watching you. They're seeing what you're doing. They're learning from what you're doing. And that makes a big difference. 100%. It makes such a stark difference in how you're shaping their behaviors, how you're shaping their habits, how you're shaping their ultimate patterns on who they become, right? Because I, I mentioned before, it's always interesting that, you know, for me, as my daughters get older, my, my eldest one will be five. And one thing I've recognized is that she may not always listen to what I do, but she's always watching what I do, modeling my behavior. And so if she sees that I have this, a little bit of a, a chaotic nature with how I, maybe I run my day, how I show up, how I take care of myself, the language that I'm using, the moods that I'm in, it's only a matter of time to where she shapes and models that behavior because with her very limited vision figuratively as a five-year-old, she only has so much to go off of. Yes, the world is big and, and she will have all these experiences to shape her identity and shape her perspective. Right now, mine is the heaviest influence that she has. So it's really my responsibility as a man and as a father to make sure that her experiences are laying the groundwork and the foundation to the woman that she ultimately becomes. So talking about laying foundation, laying framework, I know that for you, one of the things that you do on a regular basis is you work with individuals, you work with men, you work with others to talk and be intentional about fitness, about nutrition, about taking care of your bodies in many different ways. And I know it's kind of cliche, but many times individuals look at a new year as a new way to be able to get on a path toward, we'll say wellness. I'm not going to say that it's a new year's resolution because I'm not a big proponent of new year's resolutions. I tend to say it's better to be intentional and get onto a routine that is not a resolution, but just something that you're working toward to be able to make yourself a better person. But I guess first and foremost, what I'd love to do is to delve a little bit deeper into you and the work that you do to help men. Because I think a lot of times people get stuck in that routine or the lack of routine and getting into a new routine when it comes to being intentional about their fitness. As you're working with new individuals, what are some of the first building blocks that you have them work on to be able to start moving in the right direction? I think this is the million dollar tip. I think if you can understand this, that you will far exceed your expectations. And not only that, you will never have to struggle with your fitness again. And I think it comes down to this word motivation, right? I think that word gets tossed around a lot. You know, a lot of times when men are either looking for a quick reset, maybe they've, you know, kind of quote unquote fallen off the wagon. It, when men kind of feel like they were running really well for a period of time, but maybe life sidetracked them because as we know, life is non-linear. And so a lot of things happen. We end up seeking the wrong thing first. And you might even say, look, Aaron, what do you mean by that? And what I mean by that is that you have to understand that motivation is a temporary feeling. Motivation works 
a lot like momentum. It follows action. It doesn't precede it. And sometimes it takes the right accountability and support system to get started with taking action. And then after that, momentum is built and motivation entails. And so you might be even asking yourself, well, Aaron, like, how do I actually end up getting some type of accountability? Accountability is in so many different forms. You could have your spouse hold you accountable. You can have your colleagues hold you accountable. You can have maybe one or two of your buddies who are fitness enthusiasts hold you accountable. You can seek a lot of different social groups that are out there to hold you accountable because the truth is this, motivation, there's no magic wand to it, right? It comes and goes. And so the idea here is how do you become disciplined? And discipline comes later, but the first thing you have to do is just start. Once you create that motivation, then you're able to actually start, stay disciplined, get the results that you're looking for. And then now you start to notice how when the results come in, you want to stick with it. And then that's when motivation entails. And so many men struggle with this because they always say, well, when the stars align, I'll finally follow through, right? Or, or maybe we've said something before of, you know, when I when I get my ducks in a row, right? And we've all said that before. And I always think it's interesting. There's a funny group of people who say, I got to get my ducks in a row before they do anything. But that's not reality, right? Like you never have just seen a bunch of ducks standing in a row. The truth is, if one duck starts moving, then others are going to follow. But it takes moving forward for momentum to come. And, and that's just reality. So that would probably be my biggest key takeaway here. Start moving. And so that way you can create the momentum that you're looking for. You know, one of the other things that I'll put out there is that there was recently a study by Philippa Lally, who's a health psychology researcher at the University College in London. And in her research, she looked at a number of individuals over a 12-week period on developing new habits. And what she found in her study was that on average, it takes more than two months before a new behavior becomes automatic. So what she found was it took about 66 days. Um, That may seem like a long time, but it is something that you want to, as Aaron said, you want to get started and start trying to build that new habit for yourself. And that new habit might mean you get outside and you walk for 15 minutes a day. That could be the new habit or something else, you know, that you're being intentional about. You're adding more protein to your diet. You're doing something different. So, Aaron, I guess for me, as you look at these individuals that you're working with, and I mentioned that it can take about two months to get into that new habit, that new routine. For someone, you said they need to just get started. Are there some small things that for someone, if they've not been doing this and they're they're listening right now and they're saying, I just don't know how to get started. What are some of the first things you would tell them to do? You raise such a good point. I want to answer that question. And I find that most men tend to overcomplicate or make this fitness thing way too difficult than it needs to be to give them a chance of succeeding, right? Because the, the reality and the truth is this, the bottom line is the scariest place to be is in the middle of the road. And what I mean by that is you're not progressing, but you might not be also making steps forward towards your momentum and the goals that you need. And so I always kind of like to sum it up to like five crucial steps, like like five really simple and easy steps that you can do right now to kind of put you further than 
you want to be, right? And head and shoulders above where you were, right? So like the first thing I would say to anyone that's coming into my ecosystem is number one, be more efficient with your time. And I think really what that comes down to is having a ownership mindset and not a victim mindset. And it kind of goes back to some of the points that I made earlier is that far too often, you know, we're always looking for circumstances, external circumstances to blame as to why we didn't achieve the thing that we wanted or get the outcome. And that could be with body, business and bank account, right? But in the realm of body, you know, the weather was too cold or I was too busy or I was too tired or my genetics are bad, like whatever excuse you've probably said before. But how you solve that is the moment that you start to realize that all your outcomes and all the end result is the direct reflection of how you manage your time and the decisions that you made with it will set you free. So being more efficient with your time is the first step. The second step is have a plan. And now that that plan doesn't have to be something that is given to you from an expert or an authority in the field. What I mean by have a plan is know your intentions. Know you want to start making conscious decisions towards your health and your fitness, whether that's drinking more water, increasing your steps per day, making sure that you're having empowering thoughts and not negative ones. And so having a plan of knowing what you're going to do, be intentional will absolutely be the next step to that. Step three is a common one. And for most people, they know this, but you'd be surprised at how many people don't prioritize in their day. Now, for me, fitness is a top priority. It's obviously it's my career, but more importantly than that, it's my passion. As a father, a a business owner and a coach, I don't have a lot of free time. So when I do, I prioritize my fitness because I mentioned before is that it's kind of similar to if you've ever been on an airplane, what's the first thing they say to you when you get on an airplane, right? In the case of an emergency, be, be sure to put on your own oxygen mask before you can help anyone else. And I think that rings true for fitness, right? Like you can't help anyone unless you help yourself first. So making fitness a top priority for me, 20 minutes, 15 minutes allows me to be more for others. And I think the fourth thing is managing expectations. And I think this is a really key one for most men. They have these expectations, but they don't quite align with the reality that they're looking for. And what I mean by that is that not every day is going to be a great one. You're not going to wake up every single day and you're going to, you're going to crush your workout or you're going to be 100% diligent to your nutritional menu. That's just not reality, right? Like we're human. I don't have amazing days. But by changing my expectations and knowing that every single day, my goal is to just be 1% better than the day prior, I give myself grace to being human, whether that's having a slice of pizza with my daughter because she wanted pizza that night, right? Or knowing that I'm human, I have to listen to my body and not work out because I had a tough day at work, whatever that is, and not punishing myself or feeling guilty because I didn't do it. That doesn't mean I won't succeed. It just means that I have to, again, the next day, look for opportunities to maximize that. And I think the fifth thing is kind of the crux of everything that we've been discussing a little bit here, which is finding the right support system. You know, and I think a lot of men overcomplicate this. And I mentioned before, whether it's your wife, whether it's your kids, your colleagues, your, your, your community, knowing and having somebody support you, like the studies show, you'll go further and faster when you have some type of support. 
And I think that's the truth because the smartest people recognize that when you don't have some support, you fail because it's really hard to do this thing, stay fit, be that provider for your family, that pillar, and do this on your own. You know, you look at some of the most top level athletes in the world that have maybe some that have passed or some that are alive today. And every single one of them understand this one fundamental principle. And it's this by themselves, they can go fast, but with support, they can go far. And so whatever that support system looks like, I would highly encourage you to just get some type of support, which really solidifies your success. So hopefully that makes sense. It definitely does make sense. I really appreciate you sharing that. And I was taking notes and I hope that that you were taking notes as well because Aaron just dropped some huge value bombs there in regards to things that you can do to be able to take those first steps, to start moving in the right direction and be able to help you to move toward the fitness goals that you have for yourself. Now, Aaron, I also know that in the work that you do, that you give a lot away and you provide a lot of value for the people that you're working with. If people are interested in learning more about you and being able to connect with you on the things that you're doing to be able to start on this direction, is there a place that they can go to be able to get more information? Yeah, 100%. I think the easiest way and the most direct way to get in touch with me, you can just simply email me at hello at themetamailproject.com. So that's hello at themetamailproject.com. You can also find me on Facebook, Aaron Seaton. I'm also on Instagram, underscore Aaron, underscore Seton, underscore, and TikTok as well. So, but again, feel free to use any one of those channels. You can reach out to me. As you mentioned, Christopher, I have tons of free resources, trainings, and really just directions that I can put you in. So that way you can at least start getting some quick wins with your fitness. But more than that, start making the shifts that you need to, to make this a long-term lifestyle change. Now, Aaron, we always finish our interviews with what I like to call our fatherhood five, where I ask you five more questions to delve deeper into you as a dad. Are you ready? Let's do it. In one word, what is fatherhood? Compassion. Now, when was a time that you finally felt like you succeeded at being a father to a daughter? When my, my first daughter, she ended up getting ill and you know, I won't go into the details of that, but she she ended up getting ill and it was something that kind of shifted our family a little bit. And I had to dig deep within myself to move my personal emotions and really be as present as I could there for her. And the moment I knew I succeeded as a father was when she had whispered something to me in my ear on one of the first nights we got back from the hospital. And it was actually two simple words, but it, she, it spoke volumes and she said, thank you. And that was something that was huge for me. So I know that your daughters are young, but if I was to talk to your daughters, how would they describe you as a dad? And secondly, as you think about that answer, as your daughters get older, how would you want them to describe you as well? I think if you had to ask my eldest daughter, how would she describe me as a dad? She'd probably say something like scouts on her, right? She'd probably say something as as funny and silly because that's something that I, I am a lot with them, you know, funny and silly which I think at this stage is is how I want her to view me as someone that she can always have a good laugh with, kid around with, which is something I, I do take very seriously. There's always smiles and, and, and laughter and humor in the home. But I think as she gets older and they get older, if you had to ask them how they would think of me, speak about me, and really one day when I'm no longer here, remember me, 
I think simply, it's very simple, similar to a lot of other men, I would imagine, where I was a good man. I did everything I could to make sure that they had a beautiful life. And regardless and without question, I was always someone who first sought a solution instead of making a bigger problem. And so with solution creates more awareness and ultimately gets you to the outcome that you're looking for. So a man who was always honest and was always intentional with his words. Now, who inspires you to be a better dad? So I think obviously right off the bat, my father, who instilled a lot of virtues and principles in me and core pillars that I still embody today and I I carry over naturally, right? These are the distinctions that shaped and molded me into the man that I am today. But I also recognize that as times continue to change, people you can look up to, even from afar, can continue to give you the inspiration that you're looking for. So I model a lot of what I do out of a lot of different people that are in my community. So not just one person, but if I had to bring it down to a core pillar, I think naturally I would say my father. And you've given a lot of pieces of advice today, things that I know I wrote some things down and and I'm sure that others have as well. But as we finish up today, is there one piece of advice you'd want every dad to take away and to think about deeper as they leave this conversation? I think one thing that I've, I focus on here, and I've mentioned it a few times, is that time and health are your two precious assets that we don't recognize and appreciate until they've been depleted. And I think most men, naturally, we feel like we are invincible. But the reality is money is not the prime asset in life. Time is. Time is non-renewable. And so I feel as if if you have a better understanding of this concept, the way that you will approach your day, the way that you will approach your conversations, the way that you will approach yourself will be of such high regard because now you finally understand money is energy. Money comes and goes. You can always make more money, but time is something that you don't get back. And so recognizing that the only way to extend time is to double down on your health. And once you double down on your health, you'll be able to have more time because at the end of the day, nobody says to themselves, right? Like, oh, darn, I'm, I'm glad I worked. 30 more hours that week. Nobody says that, right? Like what you say to yourself is, I'm glad I was able to have like the memories and the impact with the people that matter the most. That is so true. And I've spoken to so many dads and they say so many similar things. Dads that are in the thick of it, dads that are grandfathers, dads that I've talked to at the end of their lives and they say the same thing. So I truly appreciate you sharing that. I truly appreciate everything that you're doing to be able to help dads in so many different ways, to be able to help them not only find better ways to incorporate fitness into their lives, but but I also appreciate the journey that you're on and the journey that you've shared with me today about what you're doing with your own daughters. And I wish you all the best. Thank you for having me. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual, and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. 
If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons We make the meals we buy them presents Bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen Carpenters and muscle men Get out and be the world to them Be the best Dad, you can be. Be the best dad you can be.